When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special bonus episode of the TFL Talk podcast. You've joined us today with a classic car. This is the Classics Podcast. And, Brendan, what are we doing today? Yeah, so today we are going to switch things up a little bit from the traditional in-studio podcasts. And we're going to take this classic Fiat 500 out for a nice long drive while we talk some classic car stuff. So if you are listening on your couch or in a car or on a plane feel free. Welcome to this journey. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see exactly what we're looking at, but we're standing in front of a bright red 1971 Fiat Cinquecento, the little 500, the Italian people's car. And in this video, we're going to do a drive in this car, take it into town, show you what it's like to live with a little Fiat and talk about everything classic car related because we've got some big updates. Brendan has bought some cars he thinks I'm going to hate. Oh, I bought one car I think you'll hate. One car I think you'll actually like. All right. But we'll see. Um, yeah, I, I really like these. And we've, we've been out in a drive with these a few times, but they're really cool little cars. And you know what I think we should do, Tommy, is we should take this on the highway. That's what people really want to see is can you take a tiny little car like this onto the highway at safe speeds. That's what Brendan wants to see. I want no part of that, but we'll give it a go. You know, we got 18 horsepower playing with, but I say we yeah. give it we give it a drive. Now, I love the way this little car looks. It's such an iconic design, right? The small round headlights with the little pokey turn signals that make their way out to the front here, the forward. And the tires too, you know? You could fit your entire hand around those tires. They're basically like just chunky, we, like bicycle tires, right? <laughs> yeah, and the wheels, 12-inch wheels, yeah, right? You know, the whole car, tiny. the whole car, like 10 feet long, maybe 4 feet wide at the most. Uh, you got this little fabric soft top, and the reason they went with fabric on a lot of these 500s had nothing to do with fun-in-the-sun convertibling. It was the fact that fabric was lighter and cheaper than steel at the time. Yeah. So they went with fabric. That makes sense. Well, and I like the engine in these, too. You can get into it just by opening this little guy you said 18 horsepower yep. in it right oh yeah did they make faster versions of it didn't they make an abarth version of this yeah plenty of people around the world have tuned these up but this is a two-cylinder inline two um right on 500 cc's depending on the year they launched with like 12 horsepower uh the the, the really souped up ones i've seen well into the 30 horsepower range but this one just 18 and it's carbureted. It's got a very simple design with the transaxle located in the rear. Rear wheel drive, designed to be super serviceable, super easy to get at, and just a great little unit. Looks a little a little wet there, Tommy. Are you, some oil. Are you leaking? We yeah. Just, we just got a little bit of oil leaks here and there. It wouldn't be Italian if something wasn't broken slightly, right? So these cars <laughs> came out in 57, and there were a number of variants and variations. This one is a 500L the Lusso, the luxury, but it has some components from the later 500R. So like the nose is from a 500R. We're missing the little bumper overriders, but uh, we do have a lot of the 500L components, including the radial tires, the plastic interior dashboard, the luxury cubby. Well, I think the one that you should get is the Jardinera version. The Jardinera, what does that mean, Brendan? It's, it's, well, Jardinera means, in Italian, it means from the garden. And it's basically just a homologation of vegetables from the garden that they put in like oil and vinegar to preserve it. But they decided to call that the, the, the wagon version, their Jardinera version. So the wagon is from the garden? I don't know. But I like the name. The Jardinera. And of course, wagons are always cooler, right? Have you seen the Jolly? 
the jolly yeah yeah i think uh didn't comedians in cars and coffee didn't they have a jolly i think on, they the, on one of their episodes where it kind of had like didn't they have like wicker seats sure did that's yeah. crazy it was like the beach going version so it has a canvas top no sides and then the wicker seats on the inside it's kind of like the italian version of the volkswagen thing Kind of, a little yeah. bit, yeah, a little okay. bit like that. But of course, the 500 was designed by Dante Giacosa to combat Italian traffic in tight Italian cities. It came after the Fiat 600, which was its bigger brother. They built over 3.8 million of these. They were built around the world, sold around the world, never really sold in very high quantities here in the U.S., but this one was imported here from Milan, and now it's living its best life in Colorado. Here's my question, Tommy. What? It's been parked for a little bit. Is it going to start? We well, want to take the camera? Yeah. Here, go to 0.5 there on the zoom. So it's been sitting for a ton of weeks. And one thing about this car, it's of course carbureted and it's got a mechanical fuel pump. And then all the fuel evaporates out of the, the carburetor. And then um, you have to refill the carburetor with that poor sickly little mechanical fuel pump. And it just, it's a little bit of a faff and I feel terrible holding the starter lever for that long. So what we're gonna do instead is we're gonna cheat a little bit. I think a couple, couple squirts of the good old fashioned go-go juice here and we'll get this little two cylinder up and running. So I'm gonna pull off the intake, just like that. A Couple of squirts right into the carb and watch this. Yeah, you think it's gonna fire right up? I I hope so. How many how many cranks do you think it's gonna take? Are we well, taking bets on how many cranks it's gonna take? I'm just gonna crank it for ten minutes straight till it starts, Brendan, <laughs> so I can do it with one. Check this out though. You wanna hop in the passenger side? Yeah. I wanna show them how you start a 500. Because it's unlike just about any other car. It's a good look with the go-go juice sitting on the roof there. <laughs> <laughs> so the key lives here in the center of the dash. Put the key in the center of the dash, and then you twist it and you can't twist it any farther. So that doesn't actually start the car. So you think, well, it's probably like a, like a push button. These switches on the dash, none of these start the car. There's no buttons on the floor to start the car. Instead, in the middle are these two levers, and it's actually a cable start. So one of these levers is the choke. The other lever actually actuates the starter, and what it does is when you pull it up one click, it manually engages the starter gear with the flywheel. Pull it up another click, this little metal rod drops, into place, and that's actually what starts the car. So there's no starter solenoid in this Fiat 500. It's all cable driven. So ignition on, give it a couple pumps of gas. Oh, oh. no, I said one, it's gonna be two. Oh, oh come on, now it's gonna guy. be at least three. It's been sitting for so many months, Brendan. Hey, there you go. And then down here under the dash is actually this little pull tab, and I can use that to manually speed up the idle. It's like poor man's cruise control right there. There you go. Let's go see what the engine looks like now that it's purring along. So this is the only car of all the classic cars we've owned that have left me stranded, and the rocker pedestal broke in the actual head meaning that we weren't getting any valve movement on one of the cylinders. So we fixed that and then the starter broke and then the starter cable broke and then I actually replaced the second starter and now it works pretty well. And you can see it kind of shakes around a little bit. We could probably use that motor mount. It's probably a little bit tired. Uh-oh. Oh no, it sounds like it's gonna die. There you go. All 18 horsepower, Brendan. <laughs> this will be fun. Is she US, ready to hit US the road? Roads? Sure, why not? Let's go hit the road, Brendan. I'm gonna leave the starter juice here. <laughs> you don't wanna bring it with us just in case? Uh-oh. Oh no. Oh, it sounds oh, like it's no. gonna die. Give it some gas. There we go. All right, Brendan, you wanna hop in? We'll mount the camera up. There you go, I'll hand it to you. Okay, I'm gonna wipe off the camera lens here. We've got some of our lunch on the camera lens, I think, Brendan. <laughs> the, the people watching will love that. They got to see a really <laughs> close up of Tommy's hoodie. <laughs> now in this video, we're not only talking about what's going on in the little Fiat, we also got some classic car drama to talk about, right, Brendan? Yeah, well, first of all, what is 
What oh, is yeah. this? Non-retractable shoulder belts. Someone added that. Okay. It's a nice touch, if you ask me. Yeah, I'm, actually, I'm gonna put the camera over here. This car is so small, it's gonna be really hard to film this without it shooting up our noses, Brendan. It is, it is cozy, for sure. So it's, it's a little more cozy than our studio. Can you believe that people in Italy... I think I'm too big, Tommy. I need a seatbelt extender. <laughs> I better not crash. Yeah. Honestly, in this car, I think a crash would be the end of both of us. <laughs> Regardless of whether we're wearing the seatbelts or not. I'm going to go put one more camera on the outside so we have another angle. Okay. All right. Mount that puppy right to the windshield there so you guys can see what we're looking at as we drive along. Make sure it's nice and tight. All right. Oh, Brendan, we look great. Yeah, or I do. Yeah, you're not in here yet. <laughs> well, and I need to ask, it's, it's a little warm today. Is, crack a window? Can we can we crack a window? We can do the vent windows. Is the is the audio going to be terrible for our viewers <laughs> if we crack a window here, so we're not sweating throughout this whole video? I think they'll be okay, Brendan. Okay, they're going to have to be okay. Look at you with your fancy seatbelt. Yeah, yeah. I'm jealous over there. Well, yeah. I so will you, live in the accident, Brendan. You said I had uh, so I do have some updates, some some vehicles that I have purchased. Yep. Uh, because I have a problem. I always buy vehicles. Uh, like every week almost. Um, well, I have one that I think you'll like. Okay. One that I'm pretty certain you won't like. So which one do you want to hear about first? Let's hear the one I th you think I'll, I'll like. Okay. Well, this one was literally just bought about an hour ago. Whoa! Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the Loveland Auto Auction is another dealer auction. Um, and the prices at the other auction I normally buy at are, have gotten so high that I've actually started buying at the Loveland auction because you can get some interesting stuff down there. Not as much, not as many options, but uh, they're a little, little better priced. But I gave the go-ahead to my brother to buy a 1999 Buick Park Avenue Ultra. Wow! <laughs> so it's got the 3.8 liter supercharged V6, yeah. putting out about 240 horsepower to the front wheels. And not only that, it'll waft you around in supreme comfort like a classic Buick or Cadillac would normally. You know, this is a car we've talked about a bunch. Yeah. You know, in the in the podcast and on the channel. And you actually went out and found one. I found a, I went out and found one. Yeah, it has 209,000 miles on oh. it. <laughs> uh, but it's in pretty decent shape. Uh, I, it did have low coolant. Uh-oh. We just lost our front-mounted camera there. Oh, man. It just <laughs> fell off. No, keep going. So... Tell me about it. Yeah, so it they're pretty fun little cars. They A lot of people might know them also as like the Pontiac Grand Prix GTP. Yep. Um, those were essentially the same vehicle, just uh, the Grand Prix were not as comfortable, um, not as cushy of a ride. Also like the Pontiac Bonneville SSEI used that same motor. There's a lot of different cars that got that 3.8 liter supercharged uh, V6. And those 3.8s are known for their reliability. Oh yeah. The supercharged ones aren't quite as reliable, but I still think they're pretty good. So what are you gonna do with this thing? I don't know. Gonna drive I, it around? Brandon? All I've done is driven it around a parking lot and then been notified that it's now mine for about $2,000. Wow. So, two grand, dude. Two grand. That's pretty good. Yeah. Are you excited about it? Or are you I am pretty excited. It, well, we'll see the condition of it once my mechanic gets a hold of it and see if it's... Uh, it's a good one. A good one to hold on to for a little bit to drive around. And if it's it doesn't need major repairs, I might just do that. It might become my new daily for a little bit. Wow, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, for those, you know, that are new to the channel, that's a car that's kind of right up our alley, right? People yeah. seem to really like the late 90s, early 2000s, American classics. You gotta be pretty excited about it. Yes, and what I want to do is do some drag racing with it. You think it's that quick? Well, I mean, it's it's not gonna beat our uh, Trans Am, it's not gonna beat the Corvettes or anything like that, but it's, it is forced induction. So, it, you know, if you have another car out there that's 250 horsepower that's naturally aspirated up here in elevation, it probably will beat it. 
Yeah, that's that's pretty exciting, Brendan. I gotta say, I'm uh, I'm pretty excited to see this thing in action. Yeah, and I think we should do some videos with it. For sure. So, um, good shape. It's in decent. I mean, it's in as good a shape as it could be, considering the miles. Okay. It's got some duct tape on the seat. <laughs> <laughs> but the body looks straight. It doesn't look like it's got any major rust going on. So it got paint on it. It's got paint on it. It's got clear coat even. Wow. So. Yeah, um, and it looks, it's got the original radio, and the thing that I think is really interesting about those radios is you do have radio volume controls on the steering wheel, and then you have a big knob on the radio to turn the volume, the they do the same thing. And what most manufacturers do is, like, it just operates the same, right? right. But with Buick, they decided to make them kind of connected. So if you turn the volume up on the steering wheel, it actually physically turns the knob on the radio. Wow. So you see the knob like over there turning without you actually touching it as if like a ghost is turning the, the volume. That's knob. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, those Buicks, I mean, they're they're not very sought after in 2023 because no. they're just an old 20-year-old Buick, but they're super comfortable. They are. Right? They're very comfortable. Super big, super squishy, and just designed to cruise. And with that supercharged engine, it should make some cool sounds. Yeah. I think it should be a fun car to so, have for the channel. So we're cruising along now in the classic Fiat. Brendan and I literally on top of each other. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're you know. fondling <laughs> each other's elbows here left and right. But what's amazing about this car is by modern day standards, this would be considered like a bubble car yeah. or a micro car. You know, it is that small. Well, it's even smaller than like the mod, I'd say the closest modern interpretation would be like a smart car, right? Right. This is significantly smaller than a smart car. Well, it's longer than a smart car. Okay. But it's also narrower and holds four people. Well, and it's shorter too, right? And it's much shorter. Yeah. Yeah, and actually the amazing thing is when you consider how tiny this car is because the engine's in the back, the legroom. Yeah, it's not pretty bad. good. And the headroom. I would say the, the legroom in this is probably better than in your classic Mini. It definitely better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely better. Um, and it's more comfortable too. I mean, the suspension's soft, no power steering, nothing like that, but the steering is super light and incredibly precise. So we're driving along on this dirt road here and I can feel every little bump kind of making its way through the steering wheel. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, yeah, and some people in the comments below have said that we should take a road trip with some of these and maybe someday we will. It's it's. That'd be a lot for us to do, but if I were to pick between this and the Mini to do a road trip, I would pick this hands down, even though it's like way, way slower. I think it'd be much more comfortable to spend in for like a long period than your Mini would be. Well, you haven't seen just how slow it is. Yeah. <laughs> so that's indicated about 25 miles an hour, 40-ish kilometers an hour. There's about Are you 30. flooring it? I'm floored. Okay. 30 miles an hour. On our way to 35. <laughs> well, we're going uphill. Slightly. So it should be better at this little, once we get over this crest here. Once we go down the hill, Brendan, it yeah. should be faster. Into fourth. Oh yeah, look at the speed now. Approaching 40. Nice. Yeah, like we're hitting the speed limit now, you right? Bet. Yeah, so 18 horsepower. There's it's... very few cars that have 18 or less horsepower. Yeah, there's not many of them out there. You'd have to go... Like, what about some of the K cars from Japan in the, the 80s and 90s? I mean, those Did are, any of those have, like, that, that low power? I think the ones from, like, the 60s, like uh, the early, early Mazdas, maybe, like, a Subaru 360, that's probably going to have 25, 30 horsepower. But any of, like, the modern K cars, even with 600 cc's, they're going to have 80, 90, 100 horsepower. Yeah. But uh, we just had this car, brand-new carburetor, freshly rebuilt, had it timed, had it tuned, and it runs really nicely. So even though we're only doing 40, 45 miles an hour right now, I got some more in the pedal. It feels pretty good. Yeah. And I mean, the the thing that people at home are probably going to be wondering is, you know, since we're going to be driving this around for almost a full hour, will it make it? <laughs> <laughs> or will it be doing its best Italian car thing and breaking down? Does the Fiat have the reliability to survive almost 40 minutes of driving? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's only broken down on us two or three times. Exactly. Well, then you had never had a classic car break down on you before until no. you owned an Italian car. I, but I, it's so worth it because yeah. it's just, there's such a happy little car to drive. You can't be upset driving this car, you know? No yeah. one's angry at you. I mean, even though you're only going 45 miles an hour, no one's upset with you driving a Fiat. That's true. Yeah. If there's, you know, if you live in a city where people are constantly tailgating, honking, trying to weave around you, 
if you're doing that to this, it's just, it's so whimsical. Right. That you just go, ah, okay. Of course they're going that slow. You're like, of course, how fast do <laughs> you want to go? Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing we don't have are synchros. Oh, so you have to double clutch it? Slow the idle down a little bit here. It's a little fast. Uh, it hasn't changed. Oh, it's because I think I still have some choke out. Oh. So we have to match the RPMs with the shift points. So accelerate, pause in a second. Okay. So you have to let the revs decay to match the shift points. So here we go. The second gear, accelerate, pause, third, match it. Oh. So you have to rev match. Now the harder part, um, here I'll slow down. The harder part is actually a downshift because you have to try to match the RPM of the engine to the real speed in second Well, gear. you don't have a tachometer, so you're literally just doing it by ear. So here, so double clutch it, try to rev it up. Oh, I nailed it. Wow, look at that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no synchros. Even in the 70s, these things didn't have synchros. This is pretty wild. I mean, this was, it, it was an economy car, right? They were, they were basically trying to get the Italians off of scooters, their little Vespas, yeah. and into something with an entire metal, well, mostly metal roof around them so that you can see four people and have a little more practicality. And don't get wet in the rain. Yeah. You know, you got a trunk. And that's where the car really shined, right? It was designed to be a four-wheel alternative to a Vespa. Yeah, and that's really what you need to think of it as. Like, if you start think, comparing this to a real car, like a real car or modern cars, that's where you're just you're kind of losing the point of this. You have to look back to when people could only afford a scooter. You know, think about like modern day India, right, where they have so many scooters, and that's simply because that's just what they can afford. Yeah, or even post-war Italy. Yeah, it was in shambles, right? You yeah. just wanted to get around. Now, if you had a little bit more money, you'd buy the Fiat 600, a little bigger. Um, or even some other larger sedans, or if you're really bougie, you could even get like the 124, depending on what year you're talking about. But if you didn't, you bought a little Cinquecento. Yeah, and I think it was, it was it's a great idea, just like the, so it's kind of like the Tata Nano. It's like a modern interpretation of the Fiat 500, is yeah. that what you could say? Sort of, but what, so it's interesting, I was just talking to, Jess, a couple of years ago, I was in India. And I had a chance to talk to a bunch of people, even in the car world, about the Tata Nano. Yeah. And the issue with the Nano is they didn't market it correctly, and it got the it got the reputation of being the cheapest car that nobody wanted. It was just yeah. kind of a buy a Tata Nano. Nano. Whereas the Fiat 500, it was a design icon. It you know, was. it was cute and it was fun and it was whimsical, and people latched onto it not only because it was cheap, but because it was such a marvel of design. Right, and that's where the Fiat guys got it really right. They made it cute where the Nano just looked like a refrigerator. Yeah, This thing true. had some design to it and it had some style to it. Yeah, I think that's part of why, and I'm sorry to the, the people that don't like us talking about minis, but that's, oh, you were right. I, I, I didn't you, nail that you didn't down. get that one. But that's also part of why I think the Mini was so successful because yes. it was a compact economy car, but it had that flair to it, that design flair that made it interesting and fun to actually live with, even though it was cheap. And it became classless. You know, every class of people wanted a Mini. Yeah. You know, you could be anywhere from a Beetle to someone just struggling to make ends meet, but if you had a Mini, you were someone worth talking about. You know, it became a, uh, a status symbol and it became a cool thing to own. You know what was like that about 20 years ago? What? The Toyota Prius. Yeah, kind of. You know, like when it was like the first car to really make an EV, or I'm sorry, like a hybrid idea, like mainstream. Even so, like you saw stars rolling up to the red carpet in a Toyota Prius. But the Mini was cheaper. Yeah. Much cheaper. Right? The Prius was kind of expensive. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of a similar idea, Brendan. Yeah, I, although the Prius, the, the I don't think the design is going to age as well age as well i think it has aged as well as like the fiat 500 or a classic mini. well and the issue is is the first gen prius wasn't very good yeah and then the second gen when it came out like in 04 03 um it was a great car but it kind of became like a status symbol for i am a ex extremely green friendly person and a lot of people didn't want to be associated with that a lot of actors in hollywood did but a lot of people kind of presented that that's true so yeah, i guess it kind of came became political while we're driving around this road here cruising along happily i think it's time we take an ad break yeah per usual right. we don't know 
what the ad is. So don't get mad at us if it's an ad you hate. Yeah, and uh, stick with us and we'll be right back. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at all right, and we're back. And if you saw an ad and you stuck around, thanks. Thanks. We appreciate you being here with us. Yeah, appreciate it. And so much so that I want to tell Tommy about the second vehicle that I purchased. And Tommy, it's one that uh, I don't think you're going to approve of. So as you, many of you who are familiar with the podcast know, we have done cars that we hate. Yeah. And one of the cars I hate more than anything is a Fiat. Yeah, it's the 500L. Right, the it's large basically one. this car just with a different one letter different. How dare you say it's basically this car? <laughs> Actually, this car is literally a 500L. Oh, this is a 500L. This is a 500 Lusso. It's oh jeez. We're talking about the new one that came out like in 2013 <laughs> that looked like a Fiat 500 was stuck in an oven and then like poofed out. Yeah. I hate those. They're horrible cars. So did you buy a Fiat 500L? No, I didn't buy a Fiat 500L. Okay. I did. How? I'll give you a hint here. I did, however, what is that noise? What the hell is that noise? Is the wheel about to fall off? I don't know. It's not a good noise. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> did I doom us, Tommy? Will the Fiat make it a full hour of driving? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did, however, buy from a brand that I've never owned before. Okay. There's your is, big hint. This is juicy. So let's talk about the brands you have definitely owned before. Uh, oh, Chevrolet. That's a long list. It's a yes. long list. Chevrolet. You've owned a Chevy? Yes. A Buick? Yes. I don't know why I'm going. In. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna be naming these for a while. Okay. People are gonna tune out. Acura. Yes. You've owned an Acura. Yep. You've had a BMW, Chevrolet, Dodge. Yes. Chrysler. Yep. Um, Mercedes. I've never had a Mercedes, but it's not a Mercedes. Really? Yes. Nissan. I've had a Nissan. Pontiac. You were close with the Nissan. Oh, is it an Infinity? It's an Infinity. An Infinity, I'll hate. It's not necessarily the infinity that it is. It's what's been done to it. Like, oh like. wait, is it a, <laughs> is it one of those VQ series infinities? It's a VQ series infinity. Oh no, and it's been straight piped. It's a G35. Oh no, and it has been modded to the ends of its life. Oh Brendan, it's got a salvage title even. Oh no, how it's could you do It's got wide this? body. They've completely removed the hood because they thought it looked cool driving around without the hood on it. You bought a car that doesn't have a hood on it? Doesn't have a hood. And right it's then. got some silly aftermarket looking wheels. It's got like a duckbill spoiler, like I said, a wide body. And it's an automatic. You bought, <laughs> you bought an automatic Infiniti yeah. G35 coupe. coupe with an automatic. Yeah. Oh no, Brendan. You want to know why I bought it? I would like to. That is the first thing on the top of my mind. Two reasons. One, it's only got 86,000 miles on it. Okay. And two, it was a thousand bucks. That is cheap. Yeah. Um, does it have a hood on it currently? No. Oh no. I need to get a hood for it. Is it being crashed? Well, it's got a salvage title. But it, it looking at it. It doesn't look like it's been crashed. Oh, but no, clearly Brendan. with a salvage title, it, something's happened to it. So here's the thing. I, I actually like the G-Series of cars. Okay. Especially the G37 I thought was really, really good. Uh, that uh, It's called the VQ Series engine, right? That V6 that they use in those cars. Yep. Um, when they've been tuned badly, as it sounds like yours has been, they sound like a third grader trying to learn trombone. <laughs> it's just... I just hate the sound of those VQ Series. Well, and pair that with an automatic as well. So, so you don't even the, get to control you don't get the sound. The, you don't get those shift points. You get the the where it kind of like right into the next gear. Um, yeah, it's and it's in I don't know. It, it kind of uh, it's in limp mode. <laughs> so it, it it feels like it's got like 50 horsepower driving it around. So next question. Yeah. Why? Because it was a thousand bucks. Yeah, but you have to, you you own this wrecked G35 now. Yeah. Well, 
I, so I am on a quest to own something from every single brand that has been that has existed in my lifetime, and uh, I've never owned an Infinity. So now I get to check that box. Yeah, but Jet Brandon, there's so many good Infinities you could have owned. Well, I know, but I'm so cheap. Like I have, I have 11 cars, Tommy. I couldn't afford to have 11 cars if I'm going out and spending. $5,000 on each one of them. That'd be $60,000 <laughs> worth of cars. You could have a good car for $60,000. Right. I, I have 11 cars, but I only have like $30,000 to play with Okay. to buy these 11 cars. So they've got to be like three grand or less for all of them. Okay. So that's why. So think of well, I mean, what other have... Infinity would be less than three grand that's worth How owning? about instead of having 11 cars for 30000 you have two cars for 30000 and well, then you've got two really good cars. Then I'd be bored all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I like the excitement of, will I make it where I'm going today? That's why you drive a Fiat, Brendan. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, I haven't owned a Fiat yet. I thought you wanted, like, some of those M-series cars that Infinity did. You wanted to go, like, well off the beaten path for a while. I, and I tried to buy a couple of those, but they were just too expensive. we got to raise your budget. A grand is not enough money in 2023 for a good car. <laughs> well, I buy cars. I'm not saying I buy good cars. What 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 color is Infinity? Uh, it's like a dark blue with is a black front bumper. <laughs> oh no! What color is the interior? Uh, it's black. Describe to me in a well-written paragraph on how this car smells. It actually doesn't smell bad. And I think the previous owner of it was a high schooler because I found their temporary freshly minted driver's license <laughs> in, in the uh, center console, which I gave back to the dealership. I said, he might need this to get around. You don't? Wait, he <laughs> left his driver's license? In the car. That says a lot about the character. Who but, was it was, but it was a paper driver's license, like the kind that you print off because you don't have your official one Was yet. it like, well cared for and like put on in like the glove box was it like stashed no. under the seat it was like folded up into a ball and put in the cup holders oh, no. <laughs> yeah oh, but apparently he traded it in on a uh, dodge charger oh that gosh I i'm sure you for... can picture the type of owner do you know how you happen to see where this guy lives no i didn't i didn't want to be that intrusive we have to say now for all of our viewers in the state of colorado Look for a clapped out Dodge Charger without a hood. Because your life may be in peril. Yeah. You, it's entirely possible. You may be in grave danger if you are in the Denver area. And it'll be really fast, but it'll be going really slow because it's in limp mode. <laughs> it'll be going 90, but it'll take them a year to get there. Yep, exactly. So what are you going to do with this Infinity? Well, I'm first going to figure out why it's in limp mode. Because it's an Infinity that was $1,000. Yeah. I figured I, that out for you already. Yeah. Uh, I'm first going to fix like whatever is causing it to go really slow, and then I'm going to put a hood on it so that it has a hood. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, the front bumper's got some weird like sticker on it that I don't like that I'm going to remove. But beyond that, I don't I don't know yet. Um, I know I'm going to at least get it running and driving properly and get a hood on it. Beyond that, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll do a video. I don't know if it's quite the. Uh, caliber of vehicle that we would want on classics we tend to try and have uh, stock vehicles we do on classics but we might have to because i have so many strong things so that knocking sound you hear yeah i know it's not a wheel falling off because i checked the wheel okay i also checked the wheel bearings so it's not one of those two things is it the engine like rattling in its <laughs> i don't think in so it's cage there i think it's related to the rear drum brakes but i'm not going to worry about it until a wheel falls off oh gosh so I'm not wearing a seatbelt, and we may have a brake issue? Just one brake. The other three work pretty good. Okay. Yeah, there's no issues there. <laughs> so if you are um, curious, we've made nearly nine miles into our perilous journey yeah. of classic Fiat 500 adventures. We're about to enter the city of Longmont here, and we'll see how this car performs among real traffic, because we've been just kind of on little back roads. Well, now are we going to take it on a highway? We can, I will for you, Brendan. Okay. After gonna... you just heard we have, may have a wheel issue, you're like, let's take it on the highway. <laughs> well, now I, I've mentioned it. Everybody wants to see us I'm in curious. danger. I'm kind of thinking this car is less safe than a motorcycle. Because at least a motorcycle, you have a very narrow space and you can kind of zigzag in and out, you know? Well, in a motorcycle, you can hop off if the situation gets a little you scary. You can also... 
power out of a bad situation. Yeah. You're not going to be powering out of many situations with 18 horsepower. That's true. This car only weighs a thousand pounds, though. There are probably motorcycles that weigh more than that. There, there certainly are. Like a boss hoss. Yeah, there that's right. That's right. Boss hoss. So, um, overall impressed with how the Fiat's doing? Yeah, I mean it, that. That no, noise. Ignore the knocking noise. We'll fix makes it. Makes me a little nervous, but other than that, I like it. It's actually pretty comfy. Yeah, I would yeah, say so. It's pretty comfortable. I mean, it's it's pretty. It's one of the smaller cars we've sat in together. I would say that uh, say little it's the smallest. I don't know that Austin I had that little blue Austin. That might be the smallest because I couldn't get in that car without hitting my head on the door frame. That's true. Well, I mean, I think dimensionally wise, that, that noise is horrible. <laughs> dimensionally wise, the Fiat is smaller than the Austin. Is but it? The interior is actually really. Yeah. They did a much better job of packaging. Well, and once you get got into that Austin, you had a ton of headroom, actually. You did. You had a lot of headroom. Yeah. Look at all these people who are making their day better. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're just driving, like that person was driving around in a Hyundai Santa Fe. and So the Lusso, you know. the luxury model. Should we talk about what makes this thing luxurious? Okay. Yeah, we what makes it? striped door panels. Where, oh, like, I don't know if you can see it on camera here, but it's got some, like, stitching. It's got some ribs in it. Okay. We have stripes on the seats. That are ribbed for your pleasure? Rib okay. <laughs> Family rated show, Brendan. Sorry. <laughs> we have a molded plastic dashboard. Okay. Wait, what, wait, what's different? What do you not get in the non-Lusso? Like the, the plastic. It's just, I think it's just metal. Oh, like okay, yeah. so it's just like whatever's behind this. Yes. It's just, okay. We, I almost might prefer that. I owe it too. But it was yeah. a 70s black plastic with luxury. Okay. We have a fuel gauge. That's that's important. That's nice to have. You didn't get a fuel gauge if you didn't get the Lusso. Hey, you got to figure out a way to make a car cheap. If you take away the fuel gauge, you can save a few bucks, right? We have a speedometer that goes up to 130 kilometers an hour. Okay. So luxury speedometer. What did the uh, base one speedometer go up to? I'm not really sure. I think it was like 100, maybe 110. Maybe it was 110. Um, what's interesting though is even though the speedometer goes higher, the engine does not actually make more power, so it doesn't go any faster. <laughs> it's just that the car thinks it can go faster. So it's just the needle moves slower than actually, since it has a further distance. Would you describe that as in a previous video? Like an optimistic. Oh, it's an optimistic speedometer. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's got it's got the intentions to go faster, it just can't. Yeah, aspirational. That's aspirational. what I call it. It's an aspirational speedometer. That's right. And then I think that's all of the things. We have a two-spoke steering wheel, plastic. Feels pretty good. That's the end of the list of the luxury things. Oh, we had uh, premium bumpers. So I can't forget the bumpers. Oh my god, I can't get it in the first. Whoa. I almost just did a burnout. Sorry. A burnout. Well, I popped the clutch. <laughs> in any other car, that would have been a burnout. Were you afraid that the people behind us were gonna? Stop thinking this car was cute and just get annoyed that we were in their way. That is exactly what I was concerned about. <laughs> I thought we were just going to be pushed out of the intersection by that oh, pathfinder. <laughs> How come everyone's passing us? Where do you have to go? What is the rush, sir? They just want to see us from all angles. They've been driving behind us, smelling the 70s style exhaust fumes that are coming out the back. and <laughs> The gas. Yeah. <laughs> and they just want to see what it looks like from the side. They're we like, also, what kind of bozos are driving around in that? We have a five-gallon fuel tank, which is located, like, right there. Look at, have you measured your MPGs in this? Thing? I have not. We should do that. Yeah. It's supposed to be pretty good. That's, that's what we should we should do a classics video maybe not necessarily a long road trip but, but do, maybe an MPG loop I like that thinking MPG of people's loop. cars because we have the beetle we have the mini yep um, we have the 2CV the yep. Citroen and now we have the 500 yeah it's a good idea it's like a fun little video to figure out which one gets the best MPGs so how do you think this car compares to the other people's cars now that you've driven a couple of them um well, I will say the most fun to drive is the Mini, for sure. Um, I would say the most comfortable is probably probably the Citroen. 
very honestly it's yeah. it's more it's not only like comfortable as far as interiors volume goes but like it just kind of floats along like almost like like my Buick that I just bought. It kind of just floats along right over the bumps where you don't really feel much going on inside. The suspension is so soft on that car. Yeah. Right. But I think the one to get is the Beetle because they are so cheap compared to the other three. Yeah. And they give you a really good driving experience as well. And they feel like today, you know, in modern day age, they feel kind of special because you just don't see cars that, you know, you don't see cars that classic very often going down the road. Well, parts are a lot easier to get. Yep. Yeah, they're cheaper to keep going as well. That's right. Yeah, that's so. a good point. But I think the Fiat is the most quirky. It is. You know, this is the most dramatic driving experience that's different from a modern car. Well, I think this is probably the one that will get you the most looks, too. Yeah, I think you're right. Ah, uh, the 2CV is yellow, but uh, you're right, for the most well, part. Well, but most people... The thing is, the 2CV is so obscure to us Americans that most people don't know what it is when they see it. Well, everybody I think that I talk to that it's a Beetle. Yeah. They're like, what the heck did you do to your Beetle? I'm like, <laughs> well, it's not a Beetle. It's a, it's a De Chevaux Vapour. But, uh, right. Yeah. Whereas um, the Fiat 500, it's an iconic uh, design that is instantly recognizable as soon as you see it. You know, oh, that's a little old Fiat. That's a little Fiat. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And I think that the engineering in this car is in some ways the most impressive because they do the most with the least. There's the least amount of sheet metal, there's the least amount of displacement of all our cars, smallest number of CCs, no synchros, and yet they're still able to build a car that's fairly drivable, you know, that fits four-ish people sometimes. Sometimes. It depends on the yeah. people. Didn't you guys do a Christmas video with four of you in here? We did. Nathan was not a happy camper. No? Yeah, Nathan, I think, had to break his leg to squeeze it into the passenger seat of the little 500. Oh, my gosh. Does this scoot up at all to give the it does. rear seat people yeah, a little more leg room? And it's fun in the summer. You can pull back the soft top, right? We would do it now, but we don't want to disrupt the audio. Yeah. But it is also the slowest by a large margin and the hardest, I think probably the hardest to get parts for. There's a couple yeah. of folks in the U.S. that specialize in, but... Maybe not if you live in Italy. I'm so interesting, like, Beetles are, I'm sorry, Minis are very expensive in the U.K., but apparently these are cheaper in Italy than they are here. Really? So you can get a good one of these here in the States for about 15000 15 to 20 Okay. A, a good Mini in the States, 15 to 20 A good T2CV in the States, 15, 15 to, to 20. 20. <laughs> yeah. But a good Volkswagen, 7 to 10. Yeah. You paid even less for yours, right? Well, I paid 2500 for mine, but mine was also not running. Yours needed some love. Yeah. So right now, all in, I'm in the process of putting a clutch in. The motor is out of it. That's something we have common. We have, we have both have Beetles where there's no motor in them. Yes, but yours currently has more paint on it than mine does. That's true. But, That's true. Um, yeah, so all in right now, I'm probably into mine maybe somewhere between five to six thousand with all the repairs I've had to do to it. Okay. So it's still not bad no, for, actually, for what it is. It's actually you know? pretty good for what it is. You got a classic Beetle and mine's quick. I mean it's it's not modern car quick but for a classic Beetle and for classic people's car it's it's pretty quick. Yeah I think yours is like a 2.1 liter or 2.4 liter. Oh, oh it's, it's a, 1776. Is that what it is? That's what I was told. 1800. Yeah. Mine's a 1600. Well, yours has hot cams in it. I mean, um, hot hot heads in it. I think in the hot exhaust. Yeah. Uh, mine is pretty slow in comparison. We'll do that drag race if you guys want to see it. Yeah. So yeah, we'll let us know in the comments below. I, I was thinking the drag race that maybe if if our uh, test site will allow it, or since mine's a Baja bug, that I would sit on the the dirt side and you'd be on the pavement because clearly mine's going to be faster but can I still beat you even when you have the uh, added benefit of pavement? Yes, probably. But mine just had a rebuilt engine. I just That's got true. freshly rebuilt. You just need to get it into the car. That's, yeah, it's not currently <laughs> in the car, but yeah. it's rebuilt out of the car. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, so, what else is going on? Uh, you, wanna, you wanna see if we have any comments in the last video on, sure. on YouTube? I think before we do that, we should take our final ad break. Okay, let's take our final ad break and then we'll answer some of your questions, talk about some of the things going on on YouTube. Sounds good. Brendan, I just realized we have gone over 40 minutes and wow. not once have we talked about a Mini Cooper or a Nissan Hard Body. <laughs> yeah, there was actually uh, 
someone that commented on here, I, I will have to uh, scroll to find their their name, but there was somebody that commented on here that they said that this was our, I think, our best podcast yet because uh, we hadn't talked about the Mini Cooper yet or the Nissan Hardbody, and well, simply because we're mentioning your comment because you commented. <laughs> now we are talking we're, about we're it. We are talking about Mini Coopers and Nissan Hardbodies. So if you so. want to buy the best vehicle ever known to man, oh, don't buy any of the cars we've listed. Buy a Nissan Hardbody. Old. <laughs> old. Tom Merton. I hope I'm saying that right. Hello, old Tom. T H O M. Fom. <laughs> Fom. Tom. Old Tom Merton said that. Yeah, he said one hour after the. Oh, I know. Uh, he said that, that I'm completely messing this up, Tommy. He said one hour after the video launched, 23 thumbs up already. Hash browns done slightly crispy. Pepper because I like potatoes. And you two obvious prefer, obviously prefer condiments. What does yeah. that have to do with these on hard bodies and It means that I completely read the wrong comment. Oh my gosh, Brendan! <laughs> so I just gave the wrong person credit for that. But you had one I can't job. even find that comment. Oh well. Well, there was a person that commented that, and thanks for commenting, and Nissan Hardbody. Nissan Hardbody, buy it. Best vehicle known to man. <laughs> yeah, but uh, let's look at some of the top comments. So, Ooh, the uh, runner, it's huge. <laughs> I'm going to lean into you a little more. <laughs> the gentleman that bought the, uh, the Splash truck thanked us for mentioning his Splash. Oh, very good. That was Victor, right? Yep, and... Um, he said, thank you, Brendan, for your advice. You're welcome. Uh, he said, transmission is fine. No smell. Pinkish color to it. Previous owner took care of it. Left it with a folder of service records. Hot Cars just published my article on it. Definitely a rare truck today. Definitely that's a pretty rare cool. truck. Yeah, that's Congrats on cool. getting published. So we're in the middle of the city, Brendan. Tight little city by yeah. Western standards. And look at all these huge cars just being driven around by one person. Meanwhile, us in the Fiat 500, I mean, look, we could park there. That's not even a space that we could park there. Could, could we park nose in? Maybe we will. <laughs> look at that. Yeah, you just fit right in that tiny little spot. Not even a spot, and we are still parked. A spot normally that just would be for like a motorcycle or a scooter, right? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, technically, so this is not legal, but who would get the ticket? Who would get the ticket? Yeah. If they were like, ah, that's not allowed. We got to give someone a ticket for double parking. I didn't know anybody would get a ticket. One of us is getting a ticket. Have you been to Longmont? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Look at that. We are oh, that's right, because you got meters here, right? We got meters here, Brendan. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, I think you can still see us on the camera. I think we're doing pretty good here. Um, okay, it's getting quite toasty, though. Yeah, I was going to say, man, I am sweating buckets for for our viewers today. This is this is all we have as far as airflow currently goes is just my little vent window. Are you gonna add another I'm vent? I'm gonna add another vent window. <laughs> so moving on, we did have another comment and I think this is pertinent because I just bought one. Uh, sorry, sorry, didn't mean to no touch leg with such an ex <laughs> extreme manner. I was like, oh, what is going on down there, Tommy? Anyways, it's got Sergio, Mar Sergio Mendoza uh -huh. said, I agree. The VQ engine in the 350 and G35 has a very nicing, very nicing, very nice sound stock rumble. Uh, stock rumble? Yes. Yes, stock. I think it sounds fine because yes. you can't hear it. <laughs> but once you uh, put an exhaust on it, it doesn't sound so fine. Okay, and here we go. Merging into traffic, Brendan. So Donald Wilson said, of course, we can't have this podcast without talking breakfast. He says, for me, I actually like to add sriracha with my hash browns and eggs. I like my breakfast with a little kick. If no sriracha is available, I'll substitute with either salsa or tapatio. And I have to say, the sriracha, I totally get. Salsa, I get. Tapatio is gross. What's wrong with tapatio? It, have you ever had it? I have not had tapatio. It's, uh... What it is literally tapatio? It, it literally tastes like somebody did really hot chili powder and water and made that into a sauce. Is it like a hot sauce? Yes. Oh, okay. Chapatillo is like a hot sauce, but it's well, not worse. my favorite of the Mexican hot sauces. I think there's a lot of better options out there. We haven't talked breakfast yet. What's been going on with your breakfast recently? Well, I have a top tip for people at that 
drive through McDonald's, which I'm sure most of our viewers have at least one McDonald's somewhere near them, I have found and discovered one of my new favorite breakfasts oh God. to get on the way. So I normally really just like like the, uh, what do you call them, the egg, sausage, egg, and cheese, um, what's the one on English muffins called? The Egg McMuffin? Thank you. Yes, the Egg McMuffin. And the only thing is, is I don't really like McDonald's's egg. I don't... <laughs> Like it's just it's so cylindrical and perfect and round and it kind of well I don't think there's a lot of egg in it actually yeah but they have these folded eggs that they offer but only with the biscuits okay so I've been asking because I prefer the English muffin yeah I've been asking them to put the folded egg on the English muffin and it is my new favorite McDonald's fast food breakfast is it really yes and it tastes pretty good huh it's really good actually and the eggs taste really natural unlike a cylindrical egg it's uh, a <laughs> cylindrical egg. yeah it kind of steps it up so just and the other top tip too if you are going to a fast food place you notice that a lot of times they will pre-make the food and it'll I, just be sitting there under the heat lamp I have noticed that if you ask for one modification on any of your sandwiches they have to make it fresh because it's not a normal thing. So you also end up getting the added benefit of a fresher sandwich. Yeah, but then you have to be that person that well, asks for modifications. The poor yeah. guy is making minimum wage, Brendan. Let me let him just make a sandwich. <laughs> Yeah, but I, you know, it's so my what, hard earned money. I want to spend it on something I'm going to enjoy eating. What do you modify it with? Like I said, I just like, I would of, like salmon. Well, what I used to do is I would just ask for an extra slice of cheese. Okay. Because, I mean, what's not better, just a little bit extra cheesy, right? And so that way they would have to make me a fresh sandwich and it would be extra cheesy. Now I just ask for the different style of egg. That's and a, it's, it's, it's a, a fresh sandwich every time. It's a little gross. <laughs> extra cheesy? Yeah. What's wrong with a little extra cheese? Oh, Brendan. I've never had McDonald's. I thought, you know what would make this better? More cheese. Well, you know, McDonald's just announced they're, like, changing the way they, like, cook their burgers and stuff. I don't know if you saw that. What are they doing? I guess they're grilling them a little bit longer on the griddle to... I think they're kind of going for more of that smash burger taste, you know, where they're a little bit crispier around the edges. Okay. They have announced that they're rolling that out throughout the year in different markets. So they're making it extra crispy, huh? Yeah. How they're, do you feel about that? Well, they're not upping the quality of their meat by any means. They're just cooking it longer so you can taste the poor quality less. You see, I am Egg McMuffin through and through. Yeah? No one has ever invented a McDonald's breakfast better than the Egg McMuffin. Classic, a no McDonald's or a fast food breakfast? Uh, no, I mean, no, McDonald's has never done anything better than the Egg McMuffin. Yeah. what I'm trying to say. I think that is peak McDonald's. It's simple. It's classy. Um, by the way, we're passing to buy a shop called Dynamic um, Imports. That oh, yeah. the shop that bought our... Uh, oh, they have a bug. That's nice. the shop that bought our uh, 5 Series. Did you see their 760 out front? I, I missed it. Yeah, but, we're yeah gonna, they've got the... We're going to review that thing soon, by the oh, way. Oh, are we? Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah, we sure are. Is it is it running? Uh, that, well, he said almost. <laughs> <laughs> he's had that for like, it seems like a year now. And he's just now getting into the point where it's it's almost running. It just shows you. So this is like, what, a V12 Seven BMW series. 7 Series. Yeah. But it's the V12 version, right? Yes. And he said that it regularly runs on only six cylinders. He said it's like a game of um, roulette. Sometimes you start it up and sometimes you get six. Sometimes you start it up and you got 12. Yeah. It's, it's typical. You know, that, that knock in the back has gotten louder. It's Tommy. not gotten louder. It's been like that since we bought the car. Has it? It's fine. I had my mechanic take a quick look to make sure the wheel bearing wasn't going to go shooting out. Is your mechanic back there knocking to let us know to, <laughs> to like, let him out? Buy a better car! <laughs> oh, man. And it only happens when we break. As long as we don't stop, it's good to go. Okay, here we go. Green this lights on our way to your highway, Brendan. Well, we got, you know, we're coming close to an hour. Well, we're, have we made it? We haven't made it to the highway yet. We're almost to we the better, highway. We better pick up the pace. It's got 18 horsepower. How fast do you want me to go? I'm 70. It, uh, 70. I'm Can giving we? it all she's got, Captain. Oh, man. Well, I will say with this, your, the second window open, I'm uh, not perspirating quite as much. You're much happier, aren't we? Uh, yes. It's really improved the interior. Uh, um, Ooh, pleasure. Ooh, there's look a at that. New Mustang. Edge Mustang. Yeah, New Edge. That one's rough, though. 
<laughs> I think every panel on that vehicle is dented. Why and it's is, a V6. Why is every New Edge Mustang rough? Well, not every. Any of the Terminators are not rough. Okay, yeah, sure. All, the, the, the ones that are really expensive are well-maintained. But, but the, the V6s, yeah, they're generally pretty rough. Even a lot of the GTs, I notice, they live hard, short lives. Yeah. I think it's, again, any car that gets that cheap, any, like, older car that just gets to the point where you can buy it for, like, two, three thousand dollars, they're just going to start ending up in the junkyard. It's going to start to decay. Yeah, because they're going to be owned by people that only have the money to buy the car. They don't have the money to actually maintain it properly. Good point. Yeah. You know? And so things just start to go, and then they start to hate the car, and then they stop caring about it, and then it just mechanically totals itself and ends up in a junkyard. And then, yeah, you don't have a car anymore. Yep. Yeah. How's your uh, V6 Mustang, by the way? It's in the same spot it was in the last podcast we recorded. It hasn't moved. So the, what you're saying is it's also mechanically totaled? Uh, I don't know that it's totaled. It, if I put a jumper box on it, it would probably start and run. It just, um, I think it, I think it's going to need a transmission and I think the engine is on its last legs too. <laughs> so, so apart yes. from the engine and the transmission, it yeah, it drives great. It's mechanically totaled, but you know, we actually recently got hit by a hailstorm at our house, and my wife was really worried that insurance was going to total out her car because she thought that it got hail damage. Thankfully, it didn't actually get any hail damage. Um, but I was like, well, what are you going to do if they total out your car? She's like, well, will they allow me to buy it back? I'm like, well, yeah, I think, but it'll have a salvage title. She goes, well, we're keeping it forever, so I don't care. <laughs> so what you're, saying, what you're saying is the hail almost totaled out your house. Yeah. It left a huge hole in your roof. Yep. Yeah, sorry, I hadn't told you guys that yet. Yeah, so I came home. Uh, this was just like three days ago. Uh, the first tornado in Colorado this season uh, hit my little town that I live in. And uh, we were only about half a mile away from where the tornado touched down. Oh, geez. And so it pelted some hail at our roof, which was already in pretty poor shape because we have a new one scheduled to go on next week. Um, but it put a hole in it. And so I woke on, came home with a little pond in my kitchen due to all the rain and hail. Well, first of all, my apologies. That sucks. And second of all, the SN95 Mustang is stronger than a house. It's stronger than a 10-year-old roof. What about yep. the soft top? Do you get any holes in the soft top? None. <laughs> That's that pretty, amazing, pretty amazing, actually. actually about yeah. it. A soft top with withheld hail, and my roof did not. And your roof did not withheld <laughs> the hail. Wow. Yeah, but we've got a new roof going on tomorrow. They've moved it up a little bit since, you know, they don't want us to deal with a hole in our roof for very long. Um, so that's going to be a big expense that uh, is going to set me back a little bit, but part of homeownership, right? Part of homeownership, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Well, we're about to enter the highway, Brendan. I think people are waiting in anticipation to see what it's going to be like to take a 70s Fiat 500 with 18 horsepower onto an expressway where people are zooming past us at 80 miles an hour. I was not intentionally waiting this long to enter the highway. It's just that the car is so slow. <laughs> this is as long as it took to get to the highway. It's like you're it's like you're giving them a tease here at the beginning and you're just, they're just like, geez, when is he gonna finally when is he gonna do that? Do it. Just get it on the highway already, Tommy. So if you had fifteen grand to spend on a classic car. Oh wow, that seems so luxurious. But Brendan, if you sold half your cars, you would have fifteen thousand to spend on a classic car. Yeah, you're yeah, you're probably right. Well, yeah, so yeah. would you go for something like this or would you go for something more traditional like a sixties or seventies Mustang or Camaro? Uh, I mean, you know me, I'm not going to do anything traditional. So you'd end up with like a Phaeton W12 Volkswagen. Oh gosh, I don't know that I could I could comfortably lump 15 grand into something like that. <laughs> because at any point, that's a car that could mechanically total itself. Uh, no, I would probably, I would probably like import something really weird that we never got. Either from Europe or Japan. Okay, so Brendan's got the mile an hour speedometer as we enter the expressway. What are we at? For you guys. 32. 32 miles right. an hour. I'm dropping down the pedal. We're going full throttle as we speak, Brendan, into fourth, top of third. The speed limit here is 65, Tommy. Hang Can on. you get a. I'm going to oh, slow again. down, let the Silverado pass before we get squished. You, okay. you, don't, you don't want him behind us? Back to full throttle. The ton 
younger people are looking at us. 39. So speed limit is 65. Can we get it up to 65? No. <laughs> 43? Oh, we're doing good. 44 miles an hour. That's uh. Without me in here, could you get it up to 65? No. Probably 55. Okay. 45. That's 80 kilometers indicated. 80 kilometers an hour. 46. Oh, you're about 47. And we're going. And you're going back down. Slightly uphill here. You're like cycling back and forth between 46 and oh, 48. 48 miles an hour. Full throttle. 49. People are passing us left and right. Can you hit 50 miles an hour, Tommy? Now we're down to 48 again. Come uh, on, Fiat. This is kind of at a slight incline. Too. Yes, it is. And we're at a mile above sea level, which is not helping anyone. We so got in reality, you have like eight horsepower. Should we test our safety feature? Oh, it's, it's a safety. Okay. I thought you were going to slam on the brakes, and I was like, no, Tommy, I'm not wearing a seatbelt. 50! You 50. just take 50 miles an hour. 51 almost. Hey! <laughs> it's flattening out, Brendan. Oh, now we're going downhill a little bit. 51. It's getting squirrely. 52. 52. It smells like something's burning. Is that just the gas that's burning, or is that... It's just the engine. <laughs> 54. I saw 54 there briefly. All right, we got one more downhill here. Is this, is this where we're going to end the podcast, or they could tune in next week to see if we died? Tune in next week to see if we hit 60. <laughs> 55, Brendan. Hope you guys can see it. Yeah, 56. Oh no, I clicked off of it, Tommy. Oh no, Brendan, we're going fast. Oh. What did I do? <laughs> Brendan, what did you do? <laughs> 57. <laughs> All right, I'm backing down at 57. I think that was our top speed was 57. That's not too bad. No, you're, you're only, what, uh, seven miles an hour off the speed limit to eight miles an hour off the speed limit. I think with you out of here and with this car at sea level, because we're up here in Colorado at a mile above sea level, a 65 would be very doable. You think so? As it sits at a mile above sea level, even though this car has been freshly tuned up and running well, 65 I don't think is really in the equation. Well, here, here's my question to you then. What's the closest location from here that we could go to that's below a thousand feet? Probably... Would it be somewhere in Arizona or New Mexico? New Mexico's pretty high. Is it? What Almost. about Kansas? Maybe Kansas. Or Nebraska? I think Arizona. Arizona? Arizona okay. and then it's California. Maybe if we ever do get around to doing a road trip, which I think we'd need like a Patreon-sponsored road trip to be able to afford to do it. Well, I just seem yeah. to be at 50 miles an hour, we're going to be road tripping for uh, quite some time. It's, right it's going to be a 10-part series. <laughs> In this series, we try to drive 100 miles. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, um, the little Fiat is an impressive little car. Considering its age and considering it was never designed for U.S. highways, yeah, it does pretty well. It does. It and does. even, I mean, we've spent about an hour in it now. Are you uncomfortable? Uh, no, I mean... Hot? Yes, I, I'm hot. I'm hot. I'm, although, now that we're moving at a good pace, we got some good airflow going in here. So it's not too bad. Even with the windows rolled up and just these little vent windows open, it, it's fairly comfortable. I am also fairly comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, doing pretty good. I think it's a good classic car to own for $15,000. I mean, it's it's not fast, so if you're looking for that <laughs> sippy feeling, this isn't going to give it to you. But if you want something that's going to be different and turn heads at the car show, this will definitely give it to you. Yeah, and it's people smile and wave. And look, only every car is passless now. No one's grumpy. You know, everyone's well, giving us thumbs up. Yeah. But we're not actually in the cars to know. It could be husband and wife having a fight about why we're going so slowly. Why we're going so slow, or who emptied the dishwasher wrong? Another know? another advantage. <laughs> no speeding tickets. <laughs> if you got a speeding ticket in a Fiat 500, that'd be a pretty impressive feat. Maybe that'll be our next video. Can I get a speeding ticket in a Fiat 500? Can we get a speeding ticket in you, a Fiat 500? You'd have to be in like a school zone. <laughs> like trying to drive over kids or something. It's the get... only way. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Well, well, thank you for tuning in. 
Yes, thank you so much. This I know this is a little bit different. We hope the audio quality came out because we're in a pretty noisy vehicle and we are dealing with some, you know, non-traditional mics. But um, if you like this kind of video, maybe we'll do this from now on with our podcast and we'll take something else out different and drive it. Yeah. You guys can check it out. Let us know what you want to see. Yeah. Okay, before we cut, I have to go left here. Okay. Because our turn is coming up. Oh, oh gosh. God. You have to get in front of somebody. I gotta get in the fast lane. You wanna turn, put your hand out there. There you go. See yeah. if someone's nice enough to let you over. Oh, yes, Brendan. I think you're going over 60 oh now. Oh my God, that's 65! <laughs> Holy shite! Oh, the screaming. <laughs> we gotta oh, turn, Brendan. I'm holding on. Hold on to something. <laughs> Anything, Brendan, hold on okay. to whatever you got. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Hopefully we survived the turn. Okay, we made the turn. Oh. All right, guys, oh. thank you. We'll see you in the next one. <laughs> Bye. Woo. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.